Hi, welcome to the Pelvi Biz Podcast. Are you a pelvic health PT or OT struggling to start your own practice? This podcast helps pelvic health PTs and OTs get out of debt, gain the income they desire, be able to treat patients without insurance restraints, and learn how to create time freedom for yourself and your family. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy, Pelvic Health Business Grower, and Pelvi Biz. Over the last two years, I went from a solo entrepreneur to a seven-person team and counting. I'm here to help provide a clear path to grow your pelvic health business as fast as possible so that you can gain the time freedom, decrease debt, increase income, and live the life that you desire. Before we get started today, make sure you click the link in our bio to grab your ticket for Pelvi Biz. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome guys to Pelvi Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Alhui. I am here with Julie Sarton from Sarton Physical Therapy in Southern California. I am super, super happy to have her on. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Kelly. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I actually used to work for Julie. Julie hired me, was it three or four years ago when I was in Southern California and she was actually a really good mentor for me and showed me the path of how to do a cash-based practice. She was my first person that I worked for that actually did cash before I was just always in network. So Julie is a wealth of knowledge and I can't wait to have interview her and her to give us advice on how she even started a practice. So let's get into it, Julie. What is, you know, what was the motivation behind starting certain physical therapy and how did you, you know, get into this? Yeah. Okay. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. So I like way back in school, I wasn't one of those that was in PT school. Like I can't wait to get out and start my practice. Right. I was back then like, what the heck do I want to do? Like, do I want to specialize in neuro? Cause I love that. And then I, there was this public health over here. Now I'm older. So I graduated in 96. So back then, like no curriculum existed in the RPT programs. And so, and I got to be part of the nation's first doctorate. So that was cool, but still it wasn't progressive enough that like we had internships or classes on public health. I was super lucky to have my late uncle who is an OB-GYN doctor, who was one of the co-founders of the International Pelvic Pain Society. So he kept planting the seed and he's like, Julie, there's all these women suffering. No one is helping them. You know, I treat endo, I take them to surgery. They still have pain. And he's like, if you decide you want to do this, you contact me. So fast forward years later, I first worked in the neuro area arena for about four years. And then I'll never forget the day I called my uncle Jim. I'm like, all right, Jim, I'm ready. So I would drive, I would leave my work environment at least one day a week drive about two and a half hours down to where he was in South Orange County, shadow him as an OB-GYN, learned all the medical side. His passion became my passion. I was like, this is it. I want to do this. So I found a mentor and, and it was one a, a PT that worked and saw a lot of his patients. And I ended up working for her for a few years thinking then I was like, you know, I think I'll start a practice then, but just like a solo practice, just me hang my shingle, you know, do things the way I want to do it. And so at the same time I was going to do that, I caught this great opportunity to start a program at UC Irvine. 
And it was an opportunity to really start a program, almost like starting a practice, but somebody else paid for it. So I took that opportunity instead of, you know, after learning what I could from my mentor, I went to the university because I'm all about learning, lifelong learning. And I was like, wow, now I can be embedded. It gave me a position where I was embedded with the doctors in the OB-GYN department. And I got to participate with grand rounds, go to all their surgeries, get pulled in with them. And at the same time, I got to teach too. They would send their med students, fellows and interns in, and they would shadow me as well. And so I did that for eight years. And finally, as the late bloomer, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to work this hard, I think I need to work this hard for my family. I was looking for more autonomy over my schedule. In the meantime, we had started our family. I was missing everything with my kids. I was looking for, like, I had a vision now that was brewing and there was never enough funding through the university to do it. And I wanted to grow it. And so I made the decision back in 2008, 2009, the market had crashed. And despite everyone giving me advice around, like, don't do it now. I was like, I got to do it. Because once you're bitten by that entrepreneurial spirit, you know how that feels, right? You're like, yes, I got to go for it. I just got to try. And so, and if it doesn't work, I always can go back and get a J-O-B, a job. Great. No, it's so true. It's so funny, Julie, that that you decided to do this during the recession. And I decided to do it when COVID hit, right when COVID hit, before I knew COVID would hit, you know, like that's crazy. like crazy times That's yes. you don't do things, but it actually, it panned out. Right. So yes. yeah, that is so awesome. So question, any advice for someone starting a business? What would you, you know, a pelvic health business, what yes. would be the biggest thing that you would say, you know, from your experience and just, you've mentored so many of us that, you know, anything, any advice that you would give for someone just starting out in the pelvic health world? Yeah. Okay. This is a great question. I mean, this one, like we could tackle. There's a lot. Hours, right. <laughs> unpack this. But number one, the belief system has to be there, uh-huh. right? So once, once I knew, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I just had this inherent belief that this is going to work no matter what, right? And you're going to expect nothing ever goes according to plan. So you have to know that, you know, I, I have learned that my mistakes and there have been so many of them are my greatest teacher. So number one, okay. Belief system. Number two plan. What is your plan? Like I have learned how to break this up. And so I always start with like, okay, where am I at now? Where do I want to go? And then I almost create like this little ladder of like, here are the steps And I mean, sometimes I write it out and I literally just post it on my wall. Boom, 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 boom. Cause I'm very visual too. And a little ADD. So I'm like, like, okay, focus, focus, focus. Right. And sometimes there are like baby steps. And so, but you know, I think that helps when we get stuck too with either fear. That's another thing like fear, false evidence appearing real, right? Like another mistake. Fear, confidence can go down when things start to go awry, right? Like, I don't know, can I do this? Like, am I up for this? Yes. Yes. So that, that has been helpful. And then building upon that, enlisting somebody to help you, right? So like, you know, what you're doing is, so huge that, and I'm so happy that you are doing because we need more females actually 
help guiding other females. So I love that. But so enlisting a business coach, enlisting for me, myself, I also have my mind coach. I go once a week, every week, and I work with somebody who helps me with my mind from the psych perspective, right? So that's huge with like holistic change strategies integrated in my life, you know, and then I have a spiritual mentor. So I, I kind of do it on different levels. And I try and surround myself with people who I feel are smarter than me, wiser than me, right? Because I need to continue down my path of learning as well as I help with my employees and my patients. So I think that's so huge. What she just said, guys, she is forming a community around herself that is uplifting, positive, that is creating guidance, is creating potentially a clearer path with mentorship. Um, You have to have this. And this, I always say this lonely entrepreneur journey because it's very rare that many people actually know what you're actually going through when you run a practice. It's so hard to even explain the dynamics of it all. And when you have a surrounding support system like you've created, it actually really keeps you going and helps you be more motivated to be like, Hey, I never even knew this existed. And this is great. Thank you for providing this clear path, you know? Yes. And even within my practice, I mean, the, with the PTs I have, right. And just bringing in different PTs, somebody with an expertise in visceral work, like as we Mm -hmm. integrate that, right. And somebody with the orthopedic advanced OCS and delivering that component immersed within the pelvic health, like that has been huge. And these are clinicians. I highly, they're my colleagues. I mean, I highly respect and value them. And so, yeah, I think that community is so essential And I think the last piece of advice would be that know that things will morph and evolve. Like when I started, my vision was very different than what my vision is today. And I think that's wise because I think if I had really envisioned where we're at today, I would have been so overwhelmed in the beginning. Like how in the world are we ever going to get there? Right. So hundred percent. So it's fun, you know, as that has happened and, you know, and there, there have been many times that, uh, yeah, I mean, I just like stay, step back and go, wow, (laughs) you know, so many life lessons and very humbling. And I think the last thing would be this too shall pass is something that I go back to like, oh my gosh, when you have those lonely times within the business or whatever journey you're on and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel defeated, that will pass. And when you have the highs, we're like, wow, we're killing it, right? It's amazing. This too shall pass, right? Right. And I tend to ride the roller coaster. People that know me are like, oh, she's up. And now she's down. So like my goal has been like, okay, this too shall pass. Maybe little baby roller coaster. Instead of like... No, it's so true. You can really ride that roller coaster or you can kind of ride that roller coaster. Exactly. You know, that even keel because Uh it's the ebb and the flow of the business, right? Or the journey, whatever your journey. Yeah, Yeah, the journey and that you know that it's going to go through stages and, Mm -hmm. you know, change. I always say you actually kind of have to break your business every year. And the fact of what I mean by that is you kind of have to reinvent yourself every single year if you want to progress and if you want to keep your business going. Yes. And if you feel like Julie was saying, hey, this is where my first vision was. If she were to just stick with that, her business probably is not going to be what it is like today because yeah. she hasn't evolved and grown. 
Correct. Yeah. Yes. So growth is actually, it's painful, yeah. <laughs> but it is worth it in the end, but it is very painful sometimes going through those growing pains for sure. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So many so, great lessons out. <laughs> yeah. So Julie, tell us, cause you said there's many problems here. So tell us about, is there one problem in particular that you've come across how many years, by the way, can you just tell us how many years you've been, you've been doing pelvic health? Yeah. So I've been doing pelvic health now for over 20 years where I'm 21 years. And then um, I've had my private practice for 11 and a half years. Awesome. That's amazing. That's so awesome. So with that being said, what is the biggest problem that you've come across? Is it COVID? Is it something Mm -hmm. with, you know, just running the business? I mean, what's been like a really standout moment for you where you're like, man, I had this big problem and I came up with a solution. Yeah. Oh, so many problems over the years, but I will highlight the most recent one over this last year was a big struggle for me. So I ended up getting hit with a really severe adhesive capsulitis. So I had my own health issue that happened last year after I got the vaccine. So my shoulder actually froze and it was not only painful, but I was completely locked up where I couldn't deliver manual therapy. I couldn't treat patients. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't wash my hair. Like all these things that we take for granted, right? Started to get stripped away. So put me on the other side of being the patient. So I now was also running around. And as that happened, I also went through an incident with my son who ended up undergoing a head injury. He had a few bleeds on his brain and then skull fracture. So I was pulled out of treatment and the clinic, not even, even just running the clinic, right? And because that was life-changing emergency. Is he getting, what's happening? Where are we going to be? And I will say that I think one of the lessons is again, going back to like advice, I was so surrounded by such an incredible team that I could do that successfully and they never missed a beat. I mean, it almost makes me want to cry right now because these people that surround me are so phenomenal. Like they just picked it up and they were like, don't worry, you know, be with your son in the hospital, right? Take care of your shoulder. And so the business went on. That's awesome. Beautifully without me, right? Beautifully. So it was also like such a lesson because some of us get caught up with ego. I'm like, oh no, this business needs me, right? Like, oh no, I'm right. the one delivering everything. No, no, no. It's actually probably better without me, right? Like, <laughs> so that was such a great lesson. And as I have recovered from those things, even now, like the challenge is like, Julie, what is your next phase. Where are you going? Because I don't want to go back to the old way that I was doing it before this whole year happened. So yeah, I really think that's another good lesson to bring in is that a, if you don't have your health, it doesn't matter how good your business is going. I mean, you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And I was just tra- talking to some other pelvic health PTs and one of them got long-term COVID and she can't, she's like, Kelly, I couldn't even run my business from afar. Like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So if right. you can't do anything, think about that. How is this going? How is your business going to run? Yes. And I think that's a really good point to actually think about and be like, okay, if no one could talk to me, if I couldn't use my shoulder to treat patients yes. or I couldn't, you know, physically be in the clinic because I had a, a family emergency how is my clinic going to run? Yes. And I think it's a big question. Like, I really think that's a major question. And that would be another thing to build from the beginning, right? Always think ahead of time. So I was lucky enough and blessed enough that I had been in the game long enough that that Mm -hmm. we immediately could move into that scenario where it's like, 
we're good. We don't need you, Julie. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I think speaking to that point, Julie created systems that allowed her to be able to pull out and not have to be the one um, implementing the same thing every single day to do that task because she then had other people trained enough to then be based on her systems to do the task so that she can actually do other things, aka help her family out, help herself out and all that other kind of stuff. So that's great. Yes, yes. And the systems are so critical and we're still tweaking. We are still tweaking, right? It's always, again, work in progress, work in progress. Yeah, no, I mean, systems are key. You have to have systems. (laughs) It makes makes the whole thing happen for real. It does. Oh yeah. yeah. So be smart like Kelly, follow Kelly's (laughs) systems because (laughs) when I started way back when, I was like, it's free for all like 12 years ago. So uh, yeah. Well, no (laughs) one tried it. No one, Julie was probably doing even cash base 12 years ago. I mean, really 12 years ago, who was doing cash base? Right. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. And we're truly hybrid. Like we are, so we're actually truly up now about 90% cash, 10% insurance. So yeah, I back then had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And heck, there wasn't any internships then or whatever else. Like there was no mentors back then for that stuff either. Right. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was, it was all about just education, 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 because we all need more, right? But I feel like a lot of us, there's so much education out there that, you know, yes, we need education, but we also need to know like what to do for the business aspect if you're thinking about business because they don't teach us this stuff, right? Right. No, so, I got zero, right? In a doctorate program, zero yeah. on business in school. Yeah, I didn't even know how to open a business bank account because I wasn't even planning on doing that, you know? I mean, I wasn't. So I was like, how does this work? Right, yes. No clue. I know. No clue. So speaking of that, Julie, how do you find good candidates to come and work in your clinic to build these systems? Like, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's definitely something over the years that I've had to figure out because as we all know, public health PT is... I mean, I've seen it morph and grow into like now be the hip new thing, but way back when, I mean, there were so few clinicians doing it. So it's been challenging. So one of the things that I've learned to do is on our website is I actually added a whole column. If you are looking like, you know, submit a, a resume that we were constantly hiring, even if we weren't hiring so that resumes would just come in. And then I could file them. Or if it was like, wow, I've got to meet this person. I'd I'd reach out and contact them and do an interview then and strategically look at how we could involve them in the business. Number two, I love teaching. That's my other true love. So um, I actually helped form something called the Pelvic Education Alliance. And even through teaching other PTs about pelvic health combined with orthopedic health, I did this with two of my colleagues who are on the ortho side, those classes. I mean, I, in those classes, I am always looking for PTs who have that same vision, have the same fit. And so one of my latest hires came to me through a teaching experience where I was teaching. And then she reached out to me afterwards. Are you looking? I also happened to teach at Chapman university as well in their DPT program. And so again, I love helping to educate, empower next generation, next generation, but I've got my eye on as I'm teaching, right? Like potential students there, or they're reaching out to me upon graduation. Oh my gosh, I would love to come interview. I'd love to work for you. So those are the ways that I've successfully done it. 
word of mouth. I mean, now I think just as your practice grows and you start to develop a reputation, we just get resumes that start floating in now. And so I keep those and yeah, into them as needed. Yeah, that's amazing because I know a lot of pelvic health PTs, especially clinic owners, they struggle with this of where to find their next client. And I think, I mean, I know I did when I first started out. I remember I hired my first PT. She didn't know what the heck she wanted to do. And I trained her so well. I put all my energy into her because your first hire is always the worst. It is like, it takes out all your energy because you have no systems, you have nothing. And you have to manage someone and you're not used to managing someone. Right. So I remember I hired her within two months. She's like, Kelly, this is ain't for me. And I'm going to neuro rehab. And I was like, oh my God, someone kill me now. And I got caught with my pants down. So to your point, what Julie's saying is she just takes these resumes, which is very smart and keeps them on file. So if, and when someone were to leave, then she can call upon these other people and not get caught with their pants down because then you're left with like, you know, 50 patients a week and you're like stuck treating them. And then you really don't have energy because you don't have anyone to come and help you. So I think that's a really good point and system that Julie has is to keep this stuff on file and really keep scouting out who would be a good fit for her clinic and don't stop doing that. Cause once you stop doing that, I mean, it could be right. came over for you. Yeah. Right. And or yeah. go do a guest lecture at the local university, right? Like right. for that next generation. Right? right. So I guess lecture, I'll go talk to anyone who listens to me, honestly. <laughs> right? Like, right? <laughs> so, um, but what a wonderful way. And then it's so fun to see those students minds blown and they're like, yeah. ah, right. And then there you go for your future PTs. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And that's awesome too, that you thought to like branch out and not just treat one-on-one patient care that you're like, Hey, I'm going to inspire the next generation with the pelvic Alliance. I mean, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is so, so much fun. And we just really, I mean, we started it right before COVID and then when COVID hit, I will say, I mean, there are clinic owners as well. So we all just hunkered down. Cause we're like, all right, we got to also make sure our, our own individual businesses survive this. Right. right. So we kind of right. put that on the back burner and now we're ready to reemerge and really ramp up with the teaching. So Yeah. So speaking of COVID, I mean, how did you guys handle COVID? Did you guys switch to a lot of telehealth? Did you guys shut down at all? Like what was your plan through COVID times? I mean, I know we're still there, but yeah, Yeah, I know. So we initially did shut down. I have three different locations. So one location is very close to Los Angeles, Los Angeles. It was a different energy, different vibe. They were hit differently than Orange County. So that satellite office did close for three months, which was really hard. My Tustin office, which is central Orange County, we only closed for two weeks. We immediately, we were lucky. We were doing telehealth a lot before COVID. So we have, we treat a lot of patients that come in internationally. And so we have this international program that exists. And with those patients, we always start with telehealth. So we were able immediately to transfer over with our current patient base we, we, we weren't using Zoom. We used something called GoToMeeting as our forum instead and uh, our platform. And so it was ready to go. It was pretty seamless. You know, we, it was easy to train the other PTs who weren't doing the international patient telehealth. And so we did that for a while. And then slowly I brought back two, you know, two PTs, then three PTs, and then four PTs into the testant office. And we just, we, cause at the end of the day, I do feel like we got to get our hands on patients too. We, you can do only so much 
I feel, you yeah. know, online. And so, yeah, so then we just integrated, you know, all the different protocols. And honestly, we did a, once people were comfortable coming back in, we went through a huge growth spurt. I yeah. mean, wow. a, a nice growth spurt. Um, and then of course, you know, with each surge, like there's right. a temporary again, ebb and flow, right? Like this two shall <laughs> pass. We're like, oh, okay, we're down a little bit and then we're back up and we just wait for that to come back. So, um, yes, yeah, so you're cool. kind of like ahead of a, ahead of the curve, really, that actually made you have an easier pivot compared to some of us that had no clue how to freaking use a zoom or whatever oh, else right. and turn on the computer. Well, we have to figure out that and try to get patients scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were so lucky and so blessed that, you know, the business had expanded into that, whether international or even across the U S that realm. So yeah, the telehealth were just booked and like for, I was alone in the practice, just doing that the first week. I mean, I never wow. stopped during COVID. Right. I think I took one day. And then I'm like, all right, let's just shift it over. Let's right. Let's you got to pivot. pivot. Yep. So tell us, because Julie, I know, I mean, Julie, I don't know if you guys know this, but Julie, I, I know because I work there, um, but Julie has a lot of people that call her from all over the world, all over the U.S. Um, and, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about like your out of town program and how you serve these international clients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a growing segment of our practice. Um, and I absolutely love it. There's no better feeling than connecting with somebody on the other side of the world where they don't have access to services. I mean, it just oh, is amazing and empowering them with what they can do. So it just, it kind of found me. I, you know, I treat a lot of pelvic pain specifically. We're known for pedental neuralgia and I just started posting. I felt like there aren't good stories out there to show people can get to the other side of this. Like it's, so I just started posting real stories, real faces, real patients, like in this here's social media, right? So as that has increased and, and so, you know, I think uh, we had patients one, two, three started, and then they would go back and also just share on some of the forums that we got right. known on some of these patient forums out right. there. Yep. And so it, it just kept evolving. And, you know, I, I had feedback from patients of like, oh my gosh, you know, you're not just po posting stats, you're actually showing us like a real face. And, you know, and I always ask something to ask your people that come to you, how, not only how did you find us, but then get very specific. Oh, okay. You found us on Instagram. Like, what did you, any key terms? Like, did you hashtag something? Right. Yes. How to heal from pedental neuralgia, hope for pedental neuralgia, right? Or whatever that is. True. Like even like with your Google searching and organic or paid ads, like that's the stuff you want to be tracking, right? And right. getting in the mind of the patient, right? Not like, oh, it's all about how great or smart I am. No, it's how no. am I going to help that person? Right. And so, yeah, with the out of town, I think now it's just this reputation and we just keep trying to post more information to help people. And, um, and it's been really fun and amazing, uh, yeah. and definitely challenging because it's a lot to coordinate when they come on site. And I've built a program that's a, a little bit unique. It's not just the PT, but we have ancillary services that come in. So we offer acupuncture, guided imagery and massage and amino neurofrequency therapy and something called Skinar. So like we have a lot for those and the coordination of it. I've had to hire like a very specific out of town patient care coordinator yeah. just to take that role. 
That's, um, that's amazing. That's really not too many people. I can tell you that Julie are doing that in our field. So that's, it's freaking awesome. And it's actually, I just saw the other day on your Instagram, some guy that had pudendal neuralgia and he had like some GoFundMe thing. And yeah. yeah. And so it's really cool to share patient stories. I think so much we share our patients on our Instagram all the yes. time yes. and we get it. permission and we, all that yes. stuff guys. And I really think in our field, I think so often not, we're all like, well, I can't post a patient because of HIPAA, whatever. If they sign off on it and say, Hey, yeah. it's okay to yes. leave inspiring stories that I think like to Julie's point is so often kind of like who has pedental neuralgia. This is like a hidden diagnosis, you know? And when you actually show a real face, people can connect with that and say, you yes. know what? That was me. Yes. And look, and, and she actually helped that person. Right. Or she, so I'm going to look up this clinic. And also, I don't know if you guys have been to Julie's website, but their website, Sartan's website is very informative about lots of information on every single diagnosis, you guys have so many diagnoses on that website. So it's, it's just a good resource for patients and probably even pelvic health PTs as well. I mean, cause there's just a lot of information on there. Yeah. Actually, I know any front desk hire that's part of their homework is like, like you got to go on the website and I want yeah. you to read through every diagnosis page and right. like, I'm going to grill you a little bit. Cause you got to be able to talk this lingo when patients are calling, you right. got to understand, you've got to understand the verbiage. And, and then I also make sure that they come in and I'm like, you got to experience a visit yourself. Right. You got to get on the table. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's so true. We do the same thing for our admin is we pull them in and actually all of our admin have been our patients. Every single one of ah, our admin yes, have been our yes. patients. So they get the journey, they get the experience. They can actually really give us feedback. Hey, why'd you stop at, at six visits, Kim? And Kim tells me, Hey, well, this is what I felt when they, okay, well, we need to make that better, you know? So it's been really good to kind of collaborate with everyone in the clinic knowing, Hey, this, this is how we treat. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it'd be really informative to that. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Julie. It's been a pleasure to have you on, you know, I'm your biggest fan. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you. No, I, I love having you on. And again, we can chat forever and ever. So hopefully you guys learned some awesome things. Julie, can you tell us where yep. we can get information about your clinic and the Pelvic Education Alliance as well? Yep. Just kind of give us a rundown on that. Absolutely. So on Instagram, it's a little confusing because we're known as pelvic healing and the website, our website is pelvichealing.com. I made a mistake and named the business after me, which I'm going to try and actually do business as pelvic healing in the future. But so yeah, pelvic healing on Instagram, on Facebook, we actually are under Sartan physical therapy, hope and healing for pelvic floor dysfunction, and then pelvichealing.com website, Pelvic Education Alliance. We're also on Instagram as at Pelvic Education Alliance. And then we are PEA.com for our website. And if you want to follow that, or if you're interested in doing any coursework with us, you know, always you can reach out to me directly at Julie at pelvichealing.com. If you have any questions about that. We're on Twitter, but I've been super quiet. I'm like, I can barely handle Instagram. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And we um, will also link all this guys in the show notes as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we will put that all down there so they can reach out and find you. So that'll be good. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Julie. Bye.
Cheers to you and cheers to all you people. You just got to believe, right? That's right. I love it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye. If you are ready to change your life, click the link in the show notes to get your ticket to Pelvi Biz. Let's go.